Due to some technical difficulties, I had to do two different recordings of this episode and piece them together, so there are noticeable differences in quality. Thank you for understanding. What's on display today? What do a snow leopard, a lemur, and a bat all have in common? These animals are all significant to their local cultures and have been immortalized in their folklore. Both these animals and their stories have been collected and are on display in Northeast Ohio. Join me as we explore Legends of the Wild at the Akron Zoo in Akron, Ohio. Welcome to On Display Podcast, the podcast in which we explore the design, construction, and operation of exhibits and attractions at zoos, museums, theme parks, and beyond, and celebrate what makes them unique to the visitor experience. I am your host, Nicole. I look forward to having you along in this special behind-the-behind-the-scenes journey. Today is January 27th, 2017. In this part of the podcast, I'd like to share news and announcements from around the attractions industry. If you would like to spread the word for your organization, please feel free to contact me at ondisplaypodcast at gmail.com. You can also hear the latest by following me at Twitter and on Facebook. In the past, zoos tended to group their animals based on taxonomic or perceived relative relationships. Today, most zoos group their animals based on what region of the world they are found in. Legends of the Wild deviates from this trend. Instead, the animals on display at this exhibit are grouped in such a way as to highlight their cultural significance and to take the visitor on an adventure across the globe. Legends of the Wild was designed by Frank Horn Architects and later in part by TC Architects, Inc. The two-acre region was completed in 2005, and animals that currently call Legend of the Wild home include the Humboldt penguin, the Indian condor, the alpaca, the black-and-white ruffed lemur, red ruffed lemur, ring-tailed lemur, snow leopards, himalayan tar, jaguar, capybara, Sika deer, hyacinth macaw, Chilean flamingos, various waterfowl, slow loris, three species of fruit bat, cave-dwelling snakes, Madagascar hissing cockroaches, poison dart frogs, axolotl, and mantella frogs. What makes Legends of the Wild cool and unique? All the exhibits were built based around an old-school adventure theme. They all feature natural rockwork decor, compass iconography, signage with an adventure sort of design. Education stations are set up throughout the exhibit to engage and educate visitors. This iconography starts in the Welcome Center with a full wall map that shows all the regions that animals throughout the zoo are located but still matches the same design and feel that Legends of the Wild displays. 
The exhibits flow in a very natural progression. They start with the humble penguins representing the southern tip of South America, then move up through the Andes and into the Mexican jungle with the jaguar and capybara, then make the leap to Madagascar with the lemurs, and then from there to Nepal with the Himalayan tar and the snow leopards, and finally ending in Japan with the sika deer. These exhibits are also built with the architecture flowing in the same way. The Humboldt Penguin exhibit looks like a shipwrecked ship that would have wrecked on the southern coast of South America. The alpaca and Indian condor exhibit area is made to look like a Peruvian household on a high hill, mimicking the Andes Mountains lifestyle. The jaguar and capybara viewing areas look like an old Mayan temple that's been abandoned, and the nocturnal house continues this theme on the outside having the facade of an old temple, and inside looks like temple ruins at night which is really cool. There are giant trees that separate the visitor and the animals. And then the Japanese Sika deer habitat is made to look like a Japanese tea house complete with topiary inside the exhibit. The habitats are huge on built-in enrichment. Enrichment is anything that stimulates the animal and encourages natural behaviors. This includes treats, toys, interactions with other animals and keepers and visitors, and built-in features into the exhibits, such as rockwork or pools. Four of the habitats were built to highlight predator-prey relationships. The snow leopard and the Himalayan tar, tar being related to goats, are built side by side, separated by a glass wall so that the snow leopards can see the tar and helps demonstrate to the visitor the natural predator-prey relationship. Just like the snow leopard and the Himalayan tar, the jaguar and capybara exhibits are built side by side. They are separated by a low wall and a high mesh fence. The jaguar exhibit has an old tree for the jaguar to climb up and look down into the capybara exhibit. Fortunately, they are separated by the mesh fence, ensuring that the jaguar can look but not touch. There is built-in enrichment in the other habitats as well. The bats and the lemurs both have ropes and branches that allow them to climb and exhibit their natural arboreal or tree-dwelling habits. There are also food stations hidden on the branches and ropes, which encourages the animals to forage for their food and keep them occupied. The jaguar and capybara exhibits also feature pools that encourage the animals to exhibit their natural swimming behaviors, jaguars being one of the few big cat species that actively seek out pools to swim in, and capybaras being drawn to water. Despite basically being giant guinea pigs, capybaras love water. It's really cute watching them swim around and enjoy themselves, and I've even seen videos of one lying in the water and rolling around like a dog. Another natural feature of enrichment in the exhibits is the natural-looking rockwork in the Indian condor and the snow leopard exhibits. The condor rockwork is made with a nest built into the wall to encourage natural nesting behaviors. The snow leopard's rockwork is high and sheer and encourages the leopards to jump high to get to the top, encouraging exercise and stimulating them. And guests seem to love it, too. There's nothing like seeing a leopard start on the ground and jump what must be 10 to 15 feet straight up. 
Legends of the Wild also focuses on total guest immersion. The exhibit viewing areas are designed in such a way that the guest feels transported to the regions that these animals are from. The best example I have is the Jaguar, Capybara, and Nocturnal House area, all made to look like an abandoned Aztec city. Walking down the hill from the Andean condors into a cave with these giant jaguar statues featuring Aztec iconography serves as the viewing window into the jaguar exhibit where there's more of these ruins. The capybara exhibit next door has a room that looks like the inside of the temple with a peeling mural and guest education interaction there. And then walking from the capybara into the nocturnal house, the facade of which also has the Aztec iconography, but inside looks like a rainforest at night with these giant trees, half of which is on the visitor's side, and the other half goes into the bat exhibits and helps form the lattice work that they can hang from. And I love that because it helps draw the animals to the visitors by making a tangible connection between the two. It's really fascinating and it captured my imagination. Another example of guest immersion are the education and storytelling stations that are spread out throughout Legends of the Wild. One of these looks like a base camp for a research station. It has a little car and it has a hideaway and plaques that highlight careers in science and exploration. And it engages children and teaches them and hopefully inspires them to follow these sort of careers. The storytelling stations themselves are fascinating. There is one by the research station next to the rope bridge by the condors, and then the second one is located around the back of the nocturnal house. Both these stations have areas for seating, and each station has three pre-recorded stories highlighting animals and mythology and how they helped people. One example is the story of the Sky Girl, how she fell from the sky and the animals created the planet for her to live on, and she was the first human. I personally love these sorts of storytelling stations, or these cultural engagement stations, because I think that people tend to forget people are part of nature too. Yes, we need to protect the environment and take care of the animals, but we also cannot forget that all of that is just as deeply intertwined with us as it is with the natural world. It is possible to have one with the other. All it takes is a different mindset and a willingness to change. And then this is when I'm going to take an opportunity to talk about animals that I would like to highlight in this exhibit. Now, Whenever I do this, I'm probably going to say, this animal is my favorite. And at the time, it's true, because I love all animals, and I appreciate them all in different ways. One of my favorite creatures that calls Legends of the Wild home are the fruit bats. I love bats. I think that they are definitely underappreciated, and it's a little cliche to say that, but sadly, it's still true. A lot of people still are afraid of bats and consider them to be pests or dirty or bad luck. One time when I was at the zoo, a mother hurried her children through the nocturnal house because she didn't want to look at the bats. And that's really why they're there. They're there to show people why they're important and why they're not scary. 
I love how intimate their exhibit is and you get to see them up close and you get to appreciate them in a safe setting. The animals themselves are so quirky. The larger fruit bats, the straw-colored fruit bats, are so chill. They seem to enjoy watching guests just hanging from their branches next to the window, and they're always slow-moving and quiet. The other bats are always flying around, they're never really still, and that in itself is engaging and exciting. I also love the axolotls and the poison dart frogs. Axolotls are fascinating creatures, and sadly they're dying out because the lakes that they lived in in Mexico are becoming polluted and drained. Some scientists think axolotls never really grow up, that they are juveniles their entire lifespan. There have been some really cool studies regarding this, and lots of really cool studies looking at cell regeneration with axolotls too. If you have a minute, you should look them up because they're really surprising. And if you've ever had the opportunity to touch an axolotl, it's different. They're soft and squishy, kind of like jelly, and really smooth. Poison dart frogs are an animal I never get tired of seeing. There are so many different colors and so many different lifestyles and between all the different species, so many different ways to reproduce. And every zoo I have been to does an amazing job showcasing these creatures. They don't need a lot of room, but the space I have seen given to them is always full of foliage, is immersive and intriguing for the animals. staff, the design, construction, and the current operation of the exhibit area. If you would like to see all of this in person, please consider planning a visit to the Akron Zoo. They're open year-round following some major holidays. Ticket prices, hours, and special events can all be found listed at their website at akronzoo.org. Please keep in touch with us through our social media accounts. We can be found on Twitter at on underscore display underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook, on Display Podcast, and you can find us on YouTube. You can also feel free to contact me directly through my email at ondisplaypodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to help out On Display Podcast, please consider leaving a review for us on iTunes. I am happy to take any constructive criticism you can offer me because I want to make On Display Podcast the best experience for you that I can. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you'll join me again soon on On Display Podcast. I am your host, Nicole, and I'll see you next time.